Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Dreary day, good day to stay inside and watch sports and talk about sports. And we'll do that right here in the booth on ESPN Radio. Good to have you with us. The thing that's got me psyched up, Polly, just got an email notification. People have been looking at my LinkedIn profile. Who? I mean, I don't know. but You're going to get a job offer? That's, that's got to be a fantastic thing. What a, I mean, untold riches are probably going to come from that. I'm just sick of the junk email I get. I spend my whole day on my phone clearing out email. Stupid email. Email from the Orange Bowl. Why? I don't need it. But anyway, I don't want to be in a bad mood today. I want to be in a good mood. And uh, you're starting to say something. You're talking about Hakeem Warwick. Listen, let him play. Who who cares how much or how little he's making? I I know that when we went through all this Darius Baisley stuff, it was reported the G League salaries. I know they're not tremendous. It's better than a real job. Yeah, let, let him let him go do it. I, I what's the alternative that he sits on his couch? The the biggest part of it is if you're in the G League, you're in circulation to be called up. I'm sure that's what Hack is thinking. And yes, you know, can you go to Europe or whatever and make more money and, and get a better deal? You probably can, but then you're in Latvia or you're in Turkey or or whatever, and you can make more money. But if you're in the G League, you know, you're playing in. Uh, Sioux Falls and Des Moines in some cases, but you're a phone call away from being in an NBA arena, and we've seen enough stories here in recent years about people getting a call-up, the 10-day contract, a two-way contract, uh, various ways that uh, you can kind of make it. And if you're on an NBA roster or a Major League Baseball roster uh, for even a little while, not only is that a tremendous accomplishment, but uh, good things come from it. So hope it works out for them. The base G League salary... Seven thousand dollars a month for five months. Yeah, that, I, that's still good money for you. Anybody would well, take that. That's working a nine to five, <sighs> and uh, where was a yeah? And I think you can make more than two way players get seventy seven thousand. Yeah, two way like last year, Andrew White and another local guy, Tyler Cavanaugh, they had two way deals, and then in Cavanaugh's case, got bought out by the Hawks, and then at the end of the year, it didn't work out. He's going to be with the Jazz. But he's an NBA player, and uh, might be a fringe NBA player, but he's in the league, and uh, the opportunity is there for him to, you know, be able to to stick or certainly play in and around an NBA environment. And for these guys, one thing people have to understand too, and we all talk about, should a guy go pro or not? You can't compare the lifestyle of a professional athlete to what the rest of us do as working stiffs and what we work for and how much work or whatever we put in just entirely different circumstances and not the least of which of the reasons that it's different is these guys have limited earning potential i don't fault a guy for getting as much as he can for whatever period he's got for that time because there's a shelf life to a professional athlete you're not gonna he came work 
is one of the best runners and jumpers that's ever played at Syracuse basketball and is an incredibly athletic person. He's not always going to be that. So let him get whatever he's going to get while he still has some spring in his legs, and then he can focus on uh, the second part of his life and getting a real job if if that's what uh, is to happen or isn't in the cards for him. And uh, so I don't fault any athlete for trying to hang on for as long as they possibly can and do what they need to do. He's made 21 mil yeah. in his NBA career. That's actually career. surprising. I wouldn't have guessed that much. In his NBA career. so One of the first times I learned this lesson was in my baseball days, we had a player who was a was on a double-A team, and this guy was probably a triple-A caliber player, but just at the time, the way the roster was set up in the Cubs organization, he was on our double-A team, and he'd pretty accomplished, not that you'd ever know him, I don't think he ever played in the major leagues, but now he's, you know, 34, he's playing in double-A, and he ups and leaves the team that I worked for to take a job in Korea, and you want to say, oh, wait, are you kidding me? You go to Korea to play baseball and all that stuff you hear about and what a uprooting of your life that that is and the culture shock. Not to mention that the Korean baseball league is kind of shady with the gambling and the mob and the whole, whole deal. And I said, well, why are you doing this? And it's a pretty short and to the point answer. Look, they're paying me 10K a month. I'm going to get it while I can. That's better than I'm going to get in any other line of work that I can pursue right now at this time in my life in this age. I'm going to play for as long as I can doing that. Probably not going to make the major leagues. He wasn't going to make the major leagues the other way. So get it while you can, strike while the iron's hot, and then uh, let life happen after that. And I think that's what – I don't know if that applies necessarily to Hakeem Warwick, but I think that's what it is with these guys. And uh, it's everybody's dream to play in the major leagues. You play in the major leagues for a day. That's a significant accomplishment for any period of time. We'll have Adam Terry on later, Adam – you know, seven years worth of paychecks from the NFL. You know, that is the point one percent, if that, that ever set out to do it, playing football, get to play for that length of time and be paid for it for that length of time. So it's uh, pretty awesome for those guys, and, and I hope they all get uh, every last drop out of it. Yesterday, the hot talk radio topic was Nick Bosa of Ohio State. You know, it stinks. For those of us who are college sports fans, I love college sports. If I were a Ohio State fan, I'd be bummed out that this guy who's a total stud on our team, maybe the best player on our team, going to be the top pick in the draft or close. He bugs out for the year. He's like, I'm going to you know, focus on rehab. I'm not coming back to Ohio State. Going pro. You know, it stinks to hear that, but it's the right play for these guys. They're corporations. If he is healthy by draft time, he's going to be picked in the top five, many say in the top one or two spots, and then he's guaranteed – money on the order of $30 million. You do whatever you take, whatever it takes to be in position to be upright, to sign that contract when the time comes. And so you can't fault them. Unfortunately, a consequence of this machine is guys are going to sit out bowl games. Guys don't care about the name on the front as much as they used to or as much as fans want them to and about the laundry and the colors and the old college try. That's a bit of an antiquated notion except that what I'm talking about really only applies to a small percentage of people. It's only the ones who really have pro aspirations. If Nick Bosa was maybe a sixth-round pick, then he couldn't do what he's doing here. He couldn't say, ah, that's enough. Thanks, Ohio State. I've played enough college football. If he was a borderline player, meaning a lesser player, then he would have to gut it out, and now that's the guy that's the warrior. That's the Dan Conleys of the world that you know become 
fan favorites and just keep getting after it and running up that hill. And uh, unfortunately, in one respect, there's there's less of that, but you can understand why. Okay, thought I would start the show today bashing on the uh, Syracuse Mets thing. You actually had a very astute point, Polly. You know, not a ton of people go to the games, and all of a sudden everybody's fired up about the name change. And I don't like it, but I'm not going to get into it, mostly because I think the net of yesterday is good. If everything that's been reported and we read is true, that the Mets have come in and promised stadium renovations, they've agreed to a lease extension to 2043, so 25 more years down the line. They're going to fix the stadium. They're going to keep a team here. And this is very important. They're going to keep a triple-A team here. If all those things are true, I'm all for it. Name the team whatever you want. I just think it's um, – I wouldn't do it. It's opposite the trend. The uniforms are plain. All of that stuff, to, to me, does nothing to light my fire. I wish they were the Syracuse Chiefs or anything that was sort of – that you could embrace locally as your own. The Syracuse Mets is, just makes it look like a clone of a major league team that's – you know, maybe the second most popular or third most popular team in the area. So I wouldn't advise them to do that. I understand why they do. I don't really begrudge them. But uh, the end story here is that uh, there is stability for professional baseball in our community going forward, and that's a good thing. And I hope uh, all all of those things get followed up on and the team has an opportunity to thrive. The name will change within the next five years. It will not. You don't think no, so? The Wilpons uh, are very adamant that it's the Mets. They When Binghamton changed from the Mets to the Rumble Ponies, and don't get me started on this, maybe it's a topic for a slower time, I don't like the over-the-line, goofy nicknames. I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with Salt Potatoes or whatever. I just think these guys are professional athletes. Yeah. They're grown men. Don't make them call their parents and say, hey, I'm a rubber ducky now. <laughs> a chihuahua? I'm a Chihuahua. I'm a Rumble Pony. That's a made-up thing. So that that's a little far on the the trend for me. But I like the idea of a local, you know, whether it's some sort of local tie. It's something you want to buy a T-shirt of. It's something you can get behind because the major league affiliation is not so in your face. In other words, if you're a Yankee fan, as most people are around here, you're not going to buy a shirt probably with Mets stuff on it and and whatever. Um, you wouldn't buy a shirt that said Red Sox and, and, and all that. Let them get behind their local team and at least believe for a little bit that it's theirs or it's representative of this area. We know how the mechanics work of the player development contracts, et cetera. We know the team is owned by the Mets. From a Mets perspective, they were upset when Binghamton changed. They wanted to get another Mets. Now they own this team. They're going to do what they want to do. That's what the, the Wilpons do. More power to them. They own the team. The Logos and all that stuff are just kind of a knockoff of the New York Mets, and th- that's the way it's going to be. But and they're not going to change it. Now thinking of it from a player's perspective, now that you said that, I would rather be a Syracuse Met though, like because I'm a member of the of Mets. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, so. of, yeah uh, though, for the players for sure, and it f- probably makes them feel a little closer to the yeah. major league organization. And it's not some made up thing, and it's not different colors or whatever they what this is doing i'm just pointing out because i know minor league baseball this is opposite the trend in the industry although it is becoming a little more common for the major league organizations to own some of these teams 
And so maybe there's going to be this might catch on and go back to it a little bit. But like the idea that the uniforms are basically exact replicas of the New York Mets, that's what the Pawtucket Red Sox look like, just like the Boston Red Sox. That's what the Richmond Braves used to look like, owned by the Atlanta Braves, look like. And I understand that. That's branding, and that's their right and prerogative to do. As somebody who's a huge baseball fan, lives in the area here, grew up going to Chiefs games, wants baseball to be a thriving, popular thing here, I personally feel like, you know, first of all, the big pieces, they look like they've got them in place. They're going to renovate the stadium. They've signed a lease. Those are the most important things. That's what I'm saying. Secondarily, as far as engendering some support and that type of thing, I think if you want local people to get behind it, I wouldn't have changed the Chiefs. But there's a lot of bad, you know, now that I talk about it more, there's a lot of bad connotations associated with the Chiefs. It's hard to have taken the Chiefs seriously for a lot of the last 20 years. So... If they're going to do that and try to make more Mets fans around here and, and all of that, I'm with them. You know, I mean, I, I, I certainly see the method um, to their decision making. And, you know, if you're talking about basically for 25, for the next 25 years, you could count on this being a New York Mets own team. Well, that means they're going to be here for as long as the Blue Jays ever were or the Yankees before that. The idea is you probably, there probably will be more Mets fans in central New York in 2043 than there are now. A higher percentage, so they'll close the gap with the Yankees or or whatever, and so that's business, that's branding, that's their prerogative. Hope it works for them. I'm going to pitch the empty seats, so the hat's just an empty, like a See, an empty. We're trying to. Oh, we're trying to be positive here. Yeah, trying to have some sort of like, and I'm not saying be serious. I don't mean to be serious. Serious. I'm trying to at least have some sort of credible position on something. I ruin everything. Yeah. Let's be in the solution business. There's been a lot of empty seats out there. I mean, I can bash the Chiefs with the best of them, okay? I like going but, up to the game and buying a ticket, sitting right behind home plate. I love it. Well, I love that you're able all to right, do are we going to do the whole show on this now? I mean, this, don't don't get me sidetracked like this. We have Adam Terry coming up. But, because I, I will point out all the things that I think are wrong about the operation. But I go to several games a year, and one of the great parts about it, I could show up at 6.50 Exchange my voucher for a ticket, walk in the door at 6.55, grab a beer, sit wherever the heck I want. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, I wish more people were there, but because there aren't, I take advantage of that. I go like on, I don't go on Thursday night when everybody goes for the dollar, whatever. I go on Wednesday night. I go on Friday night. Go when it's nice and sunny and I enjoy myself at the, at the games and I'll continue to enjoy myself at the games. Picked up a crunch schedule today. I got a that's partly a resolution. It's harder for me to get to crunch games, but I need to go to more crunch games. I go to about one every two years. I, I need to if I quadruple that. If I do two a year, then we'll that'll be good. I heard the sweets are fantastic. I know the boss has a suite, so maybe I don't know how long it'll be before I get an invite to that. I mean, that, that's I'm way down the totem pole here, but uh, maybe that's in the offing at some point. Maybe we should have someone on from the Mets uh, this week and find out who the minor league stars to watch are. Maybe I'll work on that. You're not going to book a guest on this show, are you? I'll try. <laughs> Don't break us sweat. No, why would we care to talk about that now? Yes, get the fans pumped up. For First of all, it's Tim gear. Tebow. Oh, yeah, okay. I've heard of him. Peter Alonzo. Uh, we could do that in March. Top. No, he's not a prospect, but he's probably going to be on the team. All right, well... We'll uh, save that for March, Paul. Okay. But we'll get into that.
Maybe on downtime in February. Right, there's you like think a, basketball and there's like football a week, are going on in this There's a week between basketball games or something, which there will be somewhere. There'll be a little break in the ACC basketball season, and it'll be about spring training time or thereabouts, and then we'll get our Mets hats on. We'll get into the breakdown of the Mets. Not a particularly strong farm system right now, but uh, those things are cyclical. The gray clouds. Better days ahead. Stop. Adam Terry will be on with us next. We've got a lot to catch up uh with uh, with Adam, I just got my whole notebook filled up on uh, North Carolina, so we'll the get into that outs? with Adam. Syracuse no, just outs? stop. You're not you're not helping anything here. Sorry. No. <laughs> Alternative <laughs> nicknames. We'll do that another time, though. <laughs> the, rain, like, the rainouts would be fun. <laughs> well, why? I mean, the games aren't rained out in Syracuse anymore than they are anywhere else. Sorry. I mean, other than you know, they're not rained out really in El Paso too often, but they're home of the Chihuahuas. Three one five four three seven seven six four 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 ESPN forty four. If you'd like to chime in, Adam Terry talking football, the Orange in North Carolina. It's Saturday at twelve twenty. That's when we come back in the booth on ESPN Radio. This is in the booth with Matt Park. ESPN Radio brought to you by Bugs Be Gone. Get out of here, Bugs. Can you tell I didn't sleep much? I haven't slept much all, all week, Paul. It's just it's just not been strong. I wish I could say the reason I didn't sleep last night is because I had a close eye on those baseball games. The first one was over by the time I got home. We had a great event last night for the Boys and Girls Club at Drumlin's with the basketball team. That was great. By the time I got out of there, it was already like eight to two Red Sox, so I didn't pay any attention to that game. Threw it on the National League game eventually, and that was 1-1, and then have it on, I'm sure I dozed off at some point, and then because it was sort of on, I was kind of half listening, but not really paying attention, not able to sleep, just a terrible in-between, and uh, the Dodgers end up pulling it out. We're going to talk about the uh, Manny Machado business a bit later, but uh, ready? I guess I'll just really get into the World Series, but so far, there's still a lot of these series left, though, the, the League Championship Series, both of them play tonight, you can hear them right here. Right? Yeah. We're uh, waiting on Adam. He's not answering okay. his phone right now. So, Well, let's uh, get him doing that. I uh, talked to some Carolina people here before we got going, and the thing that makes Carolina strange, among other things, they've had these suspensions, kind of rolling uh, suspensions over the course of uh, the first third or half of the season, and they've been allowed to adjust them. First of all, they were allowed to roll them out and which you know say what you want about it it's kind of allowing them to pick and choose their punishment but once that's agreed upon okay fine so when the early suspension uh, schedule was out the only player that was going to miss the Syracuse game was a defensive end named Taman Fox sophomore who last year made 23 tackles and four sacks. This year has played in four of their five games. He has 17 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss and one sack. He is due to miss two more games, but it's not a given that he's going to miss this game. We think he probably will because it was scheduled all along and what have you. But they also have some injuries along the defensive line, and they've been allowed to adjust. Malik Carney is a senior defensive end who leads the team with seven and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. And 
last year led them in TFLs with 12, he was supposed to miss the Virginia Tech game. And then that's how they would have been sort of caught up with just the Fox uh, suspension for the Syracuse game remaining. And with just, I guess, a few hours, or maybe even closer to game time, leading up to the Virginia Tech game, they appealed, and uh, North Carolina did, to the NCAA to allow Carney to play because of some injuries. They needed enough warm bodies on the defensive line. Carney did play, so he's supposed to miss one more. Not certain whether it's this game in the Dome. So Carney and or Fox could miss it. Potentially neither could miss it, but I, I don't think that will be the case. We'll keep an eye on that, and uh, the personnel has been rolling for Carolina. They used a freshman quarterback. Cade Fortin started the game last week, first uh, true freshman starting quarterback they've had in a dozen years. He got injured in the game, and it sounds like a fairly serious injury against Virginia Tech, so he uh, definitely won't start, probably won't play against the Orange uh, this weekend. That means uh, left-hander Nathan Elliott, who started the last four games last year and the first four games this year and has been so-so, is likely the uh, starting quarterback for the Heels on Saturday. Let's get to Do We Care with Tommy. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. I don't care. Manny Machado has had a strange NLCS so far. So earlier in the series, he, he caught a lot of flack for not running out a ground ball. He was asked about it after the game and said that, quote, he's not the type of player to be Johnny Hustle. That's not my personality. That's not my cup of tea. That's not who I am. And then last night, he clipped Brewers first baseman Jesus Aguilar when running to first, and it definitely seemed like it was intentional. Yeah, it's crazy. Manny Machado would be on anybody's list of best all-around players, best athletes in Major League Baseball, free agent to be, big deal this year in terms of who was jockeying for his services after the trade deadline. Uh, I saw that headline, I'm not a Johnny Hustle player. It's terrible. That being said, a couple of things that to me pop out between the lines. So I wanted to, to read the thing for myself. So if you read all of his comments, they actually, he does bash himself. He is aware that it's a bad look. He's aware that he does it from time to time. And I'm a little bit misled. He says something like, it's every time. Well, what's every time? Every time he doesn't hustle? Or is he saying, why do you ask me these questions every time I don't hustle? Well, the reason, I mean, you can't, you cannot be that guy. You cannot have a reputation for not putting out the best effort or, or running out ground balls or having the best effort in defense or you can't give at-bats away, et cetera. Um, so that's not good. But I would give him a little bit of points for the self-awareness. The other thing I'll just say, just from somebody who's been in a, a, a few baseball dugouts or clubhouses, when he says, I'm not a Johnny Hustle guy, benefit of the doubt here, and I could be wrong, I'm just thinking he might be phrasing it like, look, I'm not going to be what players would call window dressing. I'm not going to hustle for hustle's sake just for the show of it. I think he knows he needs to run ground balls out, but I think all of us who would love to see players play hard or, or, or taking this attitude, you have to understand sometimes you know, you're out. You popped it up, you're out once in a while over the course of 160 games. Um, can you look the other way as a guy loafs it you know, one time? Yes, I think you can, and you shouldn't feel better just because the guy sort of fake hustled, but uh, Manny Machado's got to be better for, for being an, the example that he could set and for the money he makes and all of that, run out every ground ball. Let's go. 
Manny Machado played all 162 games this year. Okay, great. Love it. Do you think do you I'm in the camp where I think it's more valuable that he plays all 162 and doesn't doesn't run out each ground ball or are you in the camp where he should he should still be going for it's him the possibly? Playoffs. Well, in the playoffs, I mean, come on. <laughs> There's just no no excuse. But you still got to stay healthy during the playoffs. Doesn't matter. You got to run out every ground run ball out every ground ball. Let's go. Um, it's America. Yeah. The uh, you know a lot of guys don't play 162 games anymore, and he did, and he played on a crappy team for the first two thirds of the sure. season. Um, so I, I'll defend him in the slightest. I think you have to have some common sense. I think also common sense. You can take a day off here and there, but don't make the media or the fans or the coaching staff or whatever out to be the bad guys because they want you to hustle. You gotta hustle. You know, to it's just a just a really bad look, particularly that he's a free agent and would I think would want to have a lot of teams bidding for his services to say, ah, you know, I'm not really a hustle guy. It's not my cup of tea was his phrase. What are you talking about? Do you think this lowers his price at all in free agency uh, maybe or, just or maybe marginally. shies teams away from it? I could see some teams maybe using it as an excuse that weren't really sure. gonna get in on okay. him anyway, didn't have the money. They might say, Oh, gee, we're you know, at whatever, team X, I we're could hustlers see the Mets here. Doing that. You're right. You know, something something like that. Christian Yelich. Snide comment, Polly, jumping in on the bats <laughs> after we were just trying to build them up. Christian Yelich wasn't too happy about the play uh, in last night's game either. He said it was a dirty play by a dirty player. So this is sort of becoming a reputation of Manny Machado as well. Yeah, I didn't see that particular play. Like I said, I was beyond myself and in and out uh, during the game last him. night. Yeah, it was if, intentional yeah, for he, sure. If he intentionally ran into him, um, you know, that's bad. Yelich is uh, a guy with a great reputation in the game. And for a player to call out another player by saying dirty, it's not based on one play. It's yeah. based on a reputation, and it's held by many, if somebody like that would say it. I mean, yeah. he, he had the red I'll go a little stuff. further, though. I'll go further. So one thing I did see in the game last night was Rich Hill. So Rich Hill's pitching for the Dodgers. He's a 38-year-old journeyman. He's getting the most out of the end of his career here. He just had surgery a few years ago. And he's a grinder. He is a Johnny Hustle guy. So John Smoltz is pointing out, Look at the effort he puts in every pitch. He grunts. He looks like a place kicker. Then he comes up in the next inning. He swings for the downs and misses. Oh, isn't that great? The pitcher hitting. Next one, he bunts. Average bunt. Minimal chance, almost zero, that he's going to be safe at first. He's running like hell, but he's a pitcher, and you know that's a probably a 2-in-100 chance that he's you're going to pressure the defense enough that they throw it away. And he's out by quite a bit. But as he's approaching first base, he sticks his, I mean, not like run a little bit on the baseline. He sticks his hand out like he's going to knock down the throw from the pitcher who fielded it to first base. Is that not a dirty play? I mean, how are we, we're choosing here saying, oh, that's a hustle play or that's creative or or uh, look at this wily vet. That's a, um, I don't know, man. You can't be, you can't be reaching into the lanes. You got to be a little more subtle than that. Let's put it that way. It's just the reputation each player has built. Manny Machado's built this reputation of a, a somewhat dirty player, and I guess now a not hustling player. So I'll take him. Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. He can hit in field, so he's starting off at a lot better than Johnny Hustle. Sure. Uh, Miami Marlins they have decided to move the home run sculpture that was in left center field to the out, the plaza outside of the stadium, something yeah. that Derek Jeter wanted as soon as he, he got into his role with the Miami Yeah, it's no surprise. That's been a polarizing thing. They've got an Art Deco stadium with this big monstrosity. They, I don't even think they call it, maybe it is sculpture or uh, art installation, they called yeah. it. Um, and Jeter, you know, that's 
not Jeter's thing. Jeter's no. a clean and classy type deal. Um, no surprise that he wants it out. Move it outside, fine. Everybody wins that way. I, I did see my friend is the general manager of the uh, Royals AAA team in Omaha, and I saw on Twitter – Maybe other teams did the same thing, but Omaha was like, "How much you want for it?" <laughs> you know, the, Rock- is, the Rockies did yeah, that too. Yeah, it would be kind of a a funny thing to see that uh, transported and and maybe conform to a different team and in a different place. But it, it would look so weird uh, in Omaha, that's for sure. Uh, they stopped lighting it up after home runs. I'm pretty sure this year, but now they've taken another step further of of moving it outside and taking it out of the um, stadium. But Derek Anderson, he has now been named the starting. Quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, jumping over Nathan Peterman since Josh Allen wasn't a very high jump. Out. No, <laughs> yeah. not, no, definitely you know, not. I, That's what Nathan Peter, Peterman is terrible. Yeah, I'm not going to add to the Peterman bashing. He's done enough. Everybody knows the deal on that. I, I'm usually one who says, "Hey, these guys are professional athletes. They're not trying to screw up." Everybody who's in the major leagues, Nathan Peterman is just not a major league quarterback, and and uh, it's been proven. I feel. Badly for him. He's probably better than the stats have looked and all these interceptions, but uh, he has lost his job, deservedly so, and Derek Anderson's one of these career backups, and and uh, might as well give him a shot until uh, Allen's ready to go again. All right, thank you, Tommy. No problem. Back with more as we continue In the Booth here on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth brought to you by Bugs Be Gone. Back tomorrow on a Thursday with Dave Archer of the ACC Network. He's got the call Saturday with uh, Syracuse graduate uh, Tom Wormy. And then Friday, Larry Fedora, the North Carolina coach, will uh, be heard here on the program. And uh, other things to be determined before we wrap up the week of the shows. On the air Saturday as early as 9 a.m. In fact, our next guest, Adam Terry, will be out there with Gomez and Lisa on uh, Saturday morning down at the Sheridan leading up to a uh, 12.20 kick time in the Dome Saturday. Adam, how are things? Things are great, man. I missed you. It's, it feels like I've been gone for a year. It, it really has felt like there's been a long time since football. We talk about it every day and for so long, and I'm excited to you know actually see another game, and it's still a little bit of a ways away on uh, homecoming or Orange Central, as it's known around here, Saturday with that uh, 12.20 start time. What about for the guys? Do you think for them it feels like like training camp again? Like, let's get out there. Yeah, you know, during a break, you're you're given a few more days off. You're, you're probably getting, you know, normally it's a five day work week. You know, your fifth day, you're playing the game. So, probably had two or three practices in there um, less than they what they normally would have had. So, you know, for these guys, they've been banging heads a little bit. Had the opportunity to um, lick their wounds, get their bumps and bruises taken care of, and also it gives the opportunity for some of these freshmen. You know. Uh, to, to jump into the limelight and and hopefully they get another opportunity for the coaches to see them throughout this whole process. So that's an interesting thing that you might see over the next couple of games is you know one or two guys that may have not made the travel team or uh, have gotten a lot of significant playing time that are young guys might be able to get to see that time, especially you know in in certain areas of need. That might be that linebacker position uh, and it could be that tight end position. Right, because there's been either underperformance or maybe the the need to look at another person uh, based on injury, uh, lack of depth in those spots. We'll keep an eye on that uh, for Saturday. Certainly, when you get to this point, you're that much further along in the development of the young players or of the the guys who are you know not at the top of the depth chart so far. 
And among the reasons this feels like it's been a long time, it literally is going to be four weeks between home games from that uh, Connecticut game to the, the North Carolina game because of the two on the road and the bye week. And so I think we're all excited to get back in the Dome Saturday, and that'll be for two in a row with North Carolina and uh, NC State. We'll get into the game and, and some of the Carolina personnel and, and that type of stuff uh, here in a second, Adam, but I wondered what your recollections were from playing Carolina uh, just before your time. You know, Those were Donovan McNabb's early days. Uh, Paul Pasqualoni versus Mac Brown on the sidelines, and uh, McNabb's first start was at Carolina. The road team has won all four games uh, in this series, and what do you recall from 02 and 03? Well, I think the, the main thing is, is we brought it up during the, the Pittsburgh broadcast. Yep. Is, you know, I, I wasn't 100% on the name. We dug it up later on. But the fact that their kicker was just banging from, from deep. And I think that was the first one where we were like, hey, he went three over 50 or something along the lines yeah, like that. Yeah, that was and, a record. Uh, Dan Orner is his name. He had then a carried on record 55-yarder, but he hit from 50, 52, and 55 in the same game. And a New Yorker at that. Yes. So, you know, that, that was one of the things is, and I said it during the Pittsburgh broadcast, it was almost demoralizing. You, you know, when their offense had the ball, it was they could score from, from wherever on the field, not necessarily a touchdown, but gain points. And, you know, in the age of that Coach P, Coach DeLeon era of, hey, we were going to grind them, grind them, grind them, and then, you know, maybe take two or three shots. It's not this Dino Babers of, hey, we're going to sling it, and we're going to go down slinging it every once in a while, too. So that was a, that was an interesting one, and then going down to uh, to UNC, going down to Chapel Hill, uh, you know the pageantry that was behind it. It was a cool atmosphere to go play, and that was really our first uh, one of our first times that we got to play in an ACC stadium. Right, and now it's an ACC game. This is the last one. You can see how long these rotations take. It's the last ACC team for Syracuse to play, and the next time that North Carolina is in the dome. Well, who knows if any of us will be here. It's, uh, it'll be quite a ways down the road. Basically, if the team's in the other division, you uh, might only play them one of every six years and see them in your place uh, very sparingly. Um, unfortunately, that's a byproduct of these major conferences and the, the size of them, but uh, that's the way it goes. And maybe when they increase the number of conference games, you'll see some changes. Speaking of changes, Adam, this is a team that's had to deal with various depth issues throughout the year not totally because of injury although they've had uh, a few of those last year they had a ton but the idea of rolling ncaa suspensions has really kind of gotten them out of whack huh yeah you you look at uh you look at a situation like that and it always puts into i think you're starting to seal it see it with a little bit of you know how baylor went through some stuff and when I was coming through it, it caught the tail end of the Miami era of what it was. But it, it throws into, look, everybody wanted to go to UNC because it was a Nike school and it was, it was an awesome atmosphere. It's a great education. And now kids are starting to shy away from, from some of things like that. You know, I think for the most part over the years, Syracuse has maintained a pretty clean record, you know. There were there had been infractions, but it's also it's not a major deterrent of you don't know if that next infraction is going to you know kick you out of bowls or you know it's not an SMU of a death penalty for some of their sports. So it's it's a hard one and it's tough to build as as a coaching staff. 
you know, you go in as a coaching staff and you're saying, hey, you know, our objective is we're coming off of this suspension and we're going to go to this poll and we're going to build our program to this. And, you know, you never know when another infraction is really going to hit you hard. Right. And in this case, it's an unusual deal with uh, the guys selling their shoes or whatever. Uh, you know, this is not related to the uh, fake class. Uh, North Carolina really ended up not getting in trouble for that. But with the uh, shoes, and we can debate another time, you know, some people would say, well, shouldn't the players be able to do what they want with uh, what has been given to them as, as property? But so they've had some some stuff to deal with. And because they then also had a game that was uh, – crossed off the schedule due to the hurricane they missed that central florida game they're a little bit off schedule in terms of serving these suspensions so there's still a couple of questions about how that will be adjudicated for the uh, game on the weekend dino babers you know in the the lou holtz playbook it's it's always puff up your opponent the way coach babers views these suspensions for carolina adam is number one they haven't been themselves really the whole year so that sort of covers some of their warts if they haven't been able to put out the team they wanted to in really any game, so the continuity uh, isn't there. And also, they're going to be maybe a bit fresher down the stretch because guys have been forced to sit out. Yeah, you're going to have the freshness of those guys, but it's also the timing. And and you saw you see that a little bit um, with a lot of teams that go through. You know, a few years a few years ago, there there were a few teams that had similar things, you know, tattoos, Ohio State, you know, coming off of suspensions going into the next year. But this is one that um, it's, it comes down to timing and it comes down to chemistry. And you don't want to go into the end of the year having a guy step out on the field. And, yeah, it might be a great player for you, but it's also that timing uh, for a lot of players. And you see that – you saw that a little bit with Syracuse at the end of last year when they had to rotate some guys into the secondary – and it's a little bit different situation, but just drawing the attention on the, the fact of timing and chemistry, um, you know, that can throw, throw a wrench in, even if you're sticking a great player out there coming off the suspension. All right, my friend. Well, uh, we may have to talk off air here because I've got a lot of depth chart changes to hook you up with, all right? Maybe I'll, all right. I'll send all you a right, new one. Look, check your email. All righty. All right, safe travels. Have a good one. That is uh, Adam Terry. You could hear us uh, on the call Saturday with uh, you know North Carolina sh- shuffling some things up. They really play three running backs. They've used three quarterbacks this year, but uh, their depth there has been significantly challenged. We'll get more into that in the next uh, couple of days here on the show. Back to wrap it up next in the booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. MLB games coming up tonight. You can hear all of the uh, Major League Baseball Playoff action uh, right here on ESPN Radio, though a lot of it's on the uh, AM 1200. Baseball is okay on AM. You can deal with that. So uh, hopefully uh, folks will uh, check that out. National League game starts at 5.05 and the American League game at uh, 8.39er. And you can uh, catch that one right here on ESPN Radio 97.7. 4 o'clock pregame on the AM. Okay, very good. Back uh, tomorrow with uh, Dave Archer of uh, ACC Network. Larry Fedora on Friday's show, looking ahead to the Orange and North Carolina in the Carrier Dome on Orange Central. Homecoming, 1220 start. Hope to see you there. Dino Baber's show tomorrow night as well. More to come on ESPN Radio Syracuse.